Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. How do we open up the Word of God? You guys all right? Yeah. All right. I'm ready for the Word. Uh, it is an incredible, incredible night. Um, good Friday is only good for those who know what this Friday is about. Good Friday, it's actually... Just another Friday for many people. For me, this is perhaps the most important day right after Resurrection Sunday. But today is an incredible, incredible day. It's a day where Jesus Christ goes to the cross for your sins and my sins. It is over 2,000 years ago where history is divided into Anno Domini, which is, you know, the year of the Lord. And then B.C., right, before Christ. So it is a time where time was split in half, kind of like this room. And before Christ came, and then after his life, burial, and resurrection. I want you to understand something super important. Very, very important. That this Friday was planned before any of us were in this world, and before the world was ever established. So God decided to provide for your debt, that you, haven't even, you hadn't even done yet. Meaning, he knew that he had to sacrifice his son as he was creating us. This is, baffles my mind to think that God would still go through with creating such rebellious generations. And say, I will provide a sacrifice for them. And uh, that God planned to love us to death. How interesting is that? That the Lord planned to love us literally to death. So I want to pray right now. And I want to I talk about three kinds of people. The, there's three kinds of people in this room. That's it. No more. Just three. And you're going to find out which one of those three you're in. And hopefully to find yourself in the one group of people that I believe gets the best and the most incredible benefits from the cross. You guys good? Yeah. All right. Close your eyes. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your word and for your love and for your grace. Jesus, thank you for the sacrifice at the cross. We thank you because you came to this world for broken people that desperately need you but Lord you didn't only die at the cross Lord you resurrected you gave us a new birth a new life and for that we're forever grateful I pray right now Lord that you eradicate that you destroy distraction that if there's somebody here God being distracted from the message that you have for them I declare in the name of Jesus that that's an enemy of your enemy of yours Lord And that they knock out immediately all distraction. If somebody's tired, God, give them energy that they would receive your word. God, I pray right now that if somebody made the effort to come to this place, that they will not waste the opportunity to hear your word and be transformed by you. In your name we pray. Amen. It says on Matthew 26, 57 through 59. Matthew 26, what? Good job. 57 through 59. I'm going to go ahead and read it really quick. And, uh, and I believe it's going gonna, it's gonna to bless you guys a lot. Uh, by the way, I'll give you guys like a minute. Matthew 26, 57 through 59. Feel free to use your phones. If the person next to you is on Instagram, feel free to grab it. Throw it against the wall. The phone, not the person. Uh, if you want to throw the person, that will work too. But uh, Matthew 26, 57 through 59. And I'm trying to pull it up here. For some reason, my phone is being disobedient. You got it? All right, Louis, why don't you stand up and read it like a man? <laughs> cool. Matthew what? 26, 
27? 26? Yeah, okay, cool, cool. 57 through 59. Thank you, sir. By the way, Louis is about to have a child. Just letting you guys know. <laughs> all right, all right, boy. <laughs> all right, ready? Say it, hike. It's amazing. Thank you, Louis. It says there that those who had seized Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest. Jesus was being judged. He was being condemned. He was being erroneously or wrongfully accused. They were trying to slander him, literally. They were trying to come up with lies and false witnesses, false testimonies. Listen to this. They were trying to come up with a bunch of false testimonies about Christ. And Peter was among that crowd. The Bible says that Peter was following him from afar. Peter was following Jesus from where? From afar. When Pastor Horry was preaching yesterday, he talked about women and how there was four women at the cross or near the cross. Uh, it was Mary, right? Mary of Magdalene, obviously Mary of Nazareth, which is uh, Jesus' mom. Then you have uh, Salome, which is the mom of the children of the sons of thunder. Uh, the one that asked Jesus, hey, can my kids sit on your right on your left? You guys remember that? Yeah. And there was somebody else. Who else was the other one? Jesus' mom? Mary Magdalene? The other Mary? And Salome? Did we cover all of them? There was a woman that had seven demons. You guys remember that? And the Bible says, he who is forgiven most loves most. There's this woman who was completely tormented. Tormented by, by demon oppression. And these women had something so beautiful that the disciples of Christ most, except perhaps one, John, lacked. These women were willing to be close enough to Christ that their lives were at risk. They were willing to lay down their lives to be close to Jesus. Think about that for just a second. These women had the courage that some of the 12 or 11 of the 12 lacked. These women were willing to cry, to follow, to give. The Bible talks about uh, these women giving everything to follow Christ. They would sell everything to follow Jesus. There perhaps, I don't know if you ever thought about this, that these women were not just showing up here and there. They literally followed Jesus. They were there when you know, when Jesus was, uh, uh, you know, buried and they were there when Jesus rose again. Did you guys hear what I just said? They were there in the beginning. They were there at the end and they were there in the new beginning. They were there. They were so faithful. They were there. A lot of people loved Jesus, but they were there. A lot of people cared about the miracles of God, but they were there. A lot of people wanted the power of God. But these women were there. What was the difference between Peter at that time and these women? I'd like to ask you a question. How far are you following Jesus from? There are three stages. One, it is those disciples that completely left. They were just not even in the, in the picture. 
they literally just abandoned, they backslid, they went back to their jobs, they went to their own thing. Then there were those that were following from afar. They were still there, kind of there, but they were not at the feet of the cross. And then that next level is those that were actually at the feet of the cross, receiving, hearing, feeling, hearing the words of Christ as they were at the cross. Did you know that these three levels can happen to you at any time in your life? At any given time, I have seen men and women that were walking with God. They were doing great. And all of a sudden, they deny Christ for three different reasons. And I want to share with you what those reasons are. Why people, instead of following Christ as we should, why most of us will be challenged one day with one of these three reasons. will be pushed or pulled. And that's when you're going to have to decide. Will I be like these four women willing to give my life to be close to Christ? Or will I look for my own safety, my own comfort? Will I look for my own salvation, I guess you can say, and follow Jesus from afar? This, uh, this verse is incredible because Peter actually lived and walked with Jesus for three and a half years. Can I remind you that Peter was not just some dude? Peter wasn't just some guy that, you know, walked into church just because they were giving pizza on Friday, Good Friday. You know what I'm saying? Like Peter literally lived the miracles of Jesus. Who walked on water? Peter and Jesus. So no other man, except perhaps David Blaine, the magician with tricks, right? No other man has ever really walked on, by the way, it's just tricks, right? But we know that, we're adults, right? But Peter and Jesus walked on water. No, Peter sunk. Yes, but he walked on water. Peter was part of one of the greatest miracles ever recorded in history. Not only that, Peter was there to feed the thousands with five fish, no, five loaves and two fish. Peter saw the blind men see. Am I making sense? Peter, I don't know if you know what I'm saying. Peter had just experienced a miracle. Peter had just chopped some guy's ear off. Can I remind you of that scene? Peter went, and you can tell he's a fisherman, not a swordsman, right? Because he went for the head, and he missed, and he just got the ear. And he ended up chopping the guy's ear, and all the soldiers were out to, like, bomb rush this guy. And Jesus literally grabs the guy's ear, just like puts it back on. And everybody's like, what? The Bible says that they all fell back. It's pretty amazing. So this is amazing because Peter had just experienced one of the greatest miracles ever seen as well, which is a regenerative miracle. How many of you guys have seen regenerative miracles? That's incredible. And this guy just saw that, and yet he still followed from afar. Did you know that miracles are not enough for people to follow Jesus and be at the foot of the cross? I have seen believers that God has done amazing, incredible things in their lives. And then a year from that day, they pretend like God never did anything for them. The reason I say this to you is not because I want to make you feel bad. But because I want to ask you a real question, a genuine question. What's it going to take for you to be at the feet of the cross? Today is Good Friday. But like I said, it's only good for those that understand what it's for. Good Friday is only good for those that are at the feet of the cross. You see, Good Friday for Peter was one of his worst days ever. Listen, Peter's Good Friday was the worst Friday of his entire life. It's the Friday of failure. It's the Friday where he denied his Lord. He denied his best, most incredible friend that could ever walk on this earth. 
It's a day where everybody was casting lies against Jesus. And instead of saying, that is not true. I have walked with him for three and a half years. And what you're saying is wrong. Take my life if you want to. But what you're saying is a lie. Instead, Peter listened to the lies, the false testimonies, and he kept silent. I don't know what he must have felt. Like I said, the Bible is not thick enough. It doesn't have enough detail. It just says that Peter was present in the... Read it with me so we, so we know. Those who had seized had Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were gathering together. But Peter was following him at a distance as far as the courtyard of the high priest. Listen to this. And entered in and sat down with the officers to see the outcome. Now, the chief priest and the whole council kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus so that they might put him to death. One of the most difficult cell groups I ever had, along with Eoni, um, is that we started a cell group with a mother of a murdered son. So this, was a part of, this guy was a part of our church, and uh, one day he got stabbed by a, a guy from a specific gang, a really dangerous gang uh, from Mara Salvatrucha, and he got stabbed right on his heart. They were in a family barbecue right there in Hacienda Heights, uh, and he literally died on his brother's arms. Listen to this. We had cell group with this lady that would not want anything to do with, with, with Christianity. She was Catholic to the core and to the bone, and she would pressure her children not to come to this church or you know, to come to, to hear those Protestants. But when that time came, she needed someone to speak to, someone that would help. And so we started showing up at her house week after week after week. Listen, for the following six or seven months, we stayed every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. I think it was 6.30 or 7. We would come to her house, do cell group. This woman, this lady and her husband began to fall in love with Jesus. They began to care more about the Lord. They began to realize that this is not a religion thing. This is a Christ thing. The crazy thing is that all their friends would start to come to cell group as well. Many of these guys, you know, lived on the streets. Many of these guys had crazy lives. One of the things happened, though, is that the trial came. The day of the trial came. And that day, there should have been witnesses. See, because all the friends were there, they saw what happened. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Every time there was a hearing, this guy from Mara, when the judge wasn't looking, he would look at the mom and go, and then he would look at the friends and go. And he would look at the brother every chance he got. And we just begin to threaten their lives. Let me ask you, how many of those great friends that he grew up with you think showed up to the trial? None. Not one of them. And today that man is free. The murderer of Eddie right now runs free. Let me ask you, I don't know what you would feel if this was your son or your brother. Or your dad or someone you love so much. When their best friends, those people that swore their love to them. Jesus had restored these people's lives. They walked with them. And yet they did not show up for him. Jesus shows up for them. And they had nothing to do with Jesus Christ. You see he was their Lord until it was inconvenient. Number one test of your Christianity, is it convenient? Let me tell you one thing that maybe you didn't come to hear this, but the Lord brought you, and so we're going to just share what I feel the Lord has in His heart for you. You are never a believer until it's inconvenient to follow Christ. Never. You are, 
you're a convenient believer, but a true believer is only shown when it is inconvenient. This is the core of faith when it is tested. No one can say, I'm a faith-filled person and never been tested. It's like me telling, I am faithful to my wife only in convenient times. I'm faithful to my wife as long as I have no other options. You see, when it is inconvenient to follow Jesus, when it's too early to pray, man, when cell group is too far to drive. And of course, we don't say this because people don't like to hear it. But most of the time, you guys, we look for our happiness above our relationship with God. I know that's not what Good Friday should be about, right, for some people. But the fact of the matter is that Peter should have been at the feet of the cross. Why wasn't he there? It's because he was too inconvenient. You see, these guys knew that their life was at stake. I'm telling you, the guys from Hacienda Heights, now I'm not there to point fingers. Please listen. Because perhaps Mara Salvatrucha also told them, if you say something, we're going to kill you. Maybe they even threatened their own families and said, if you say something, we're coming after your children or after your father or your mother. I don't know how this gang operates. I could only imagine. All I know is that it is dangerous. And maybe some of these guys, as two that I know for sure, didn't show up to the trial. Listen to this. Not because they were afraid of the gang, but because they themselves had records. And they didn't want to step into a court. Let me tell you this. They didn't want anything of their own lives to be at risk. They didn't want their current status to be threatened. Why am I telling you this? Because Peter loved Jesus. I believe he did. I believe Peter wanted to see more miracles. I believe Peter wanted Jesus. He wanted to, to see the Lord conquer. He just didn't want to have to fight in order for that to happen. When you follow from afar, you fall into the risk of following because you're wanting convenience. So the first, the first threat to you is convenience. The second threat to you, to me this is perhaps one of the most important ones, is curiosity. Some people follow from afar just because they're curious. I'm curious about God. May that never be your motive. If you're going to follow Christ, it's not because you want to see what may happen. Oh, let's see if it works. Let's see what will happen to my marriage if I follow Jesus. Well, let's see what will happen to my friend if I break him to church. So I'll just go with him. Well, let's see what the pastor's going to preach. Maybe he's not going to be so crazy tonight. Or let's see what the, the, the sound's going to the, the, the band's going to sound, the sound's going to band like. You know, the band's going to sound like. You know, let's see how things turn up tonight. It's not convenience that will lead you to the cross. Listen, it is passion. It is the understanding of who is hanging at the cross. This guy was struggling with convenience. He was also struggling. He was there just to see what was going to happen. I believe that Peter knew why Jesus was going to the cross. He had heard everything that God had told him. If I can be tonight a little bit, I'm going to take some liberties that I normally don't take. So I'm going to ask some questions. I'm not going to put the mic on your face. But I'm going to ask you a serious question. If you were to say one is right at the feet of the cross and ten, no, ten is at the feet of the cross and one is like backslid, like, you know what, I'm just, I don't even care about God. What would you say the nearness in your relationship with God is now? Well, I'm a church. No, 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 I don't mean like right now. I mean like in your life. 
How far are you following God from? Do you have a number yet? Anyway, raise your hand if you already have a number. If you don't have a number, I'll wait for you. Don't worry about it. We got 20 minutes. What's your, what's, what's, how far are you following Jesus from? And the reason I say this is not because it benefits me personally if you are a 10. Because at the end of the day, you and I are eternal. We'll have to meet God. My greater desire tonight is the benefits you will receive if you're at the feet of the cross. Let me tell you one of the benefits of one of these women that she received. Jesus' mom was at the feet of the cross. What was her name? Good job. Good job. You guys are theologians. Okay. So Mary was at the feet of the cross. And Jesus looks at her need. What was Mary's greatest need? What do you guys think Mary's greatest need was? A savior. Thank you very much. And a son. She needed a son because his son, her son was being put to death. No father or mother should have to see their children go. Especially not in this way. You see, it is at the feet of the cross where Mary is looking at Jesus. And Jesus is looking at Mary. And Jesus tells her, woman. And then he looks at John. He said, here is your son. John, here is your mom. See, Mary had thought that Jesus was her child when all along she was a child of God. Does that make sense? Now, I want you to understand that really quick. That she only got revelation at the foot of the cross. If she was not at the foot of the cross, she would not have gotten the revelation that, oh my goodness, you're not just dying, you're dying for me. Mary, just like you and I, needed a Savior. I don't care what background you come from. Jesus is still the Lord and the Savior of all humanity. And because he said woman, he didn't say woman to say woman. He said woman as to say, I'm not your boy right now. I'm your Savior. These blood drops that are falling to the ground right before you are yours. They're because I love you. She also needed a son. And so he provided that kind of love. That kind of thing you only get at the foot of the cross. Some believers will follow Jesus from afar. And they'll say, oh yeah, yeah, I know God. Yeah, yeah, I, I go to what, that church. What's your pastor's name? Ah, let me see. Let me look up on Facebook real quick. One you, by the way, somebody say, hey, what church do you go to? Um, what's it called? They don't go to church. <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe they do. They just, they're not the church. They go to the church. But um, Which is different, right? Going to church and being part of a church. Anyway, so it's not about membership. It's about what's my role? How do I serve God? It's called the church service, not because you're being served. It's called a church service because you're to serve the Lord and others. Does that make sense? I'm going to service. No, I'm going to go get served. Nah. <laughs> Suckers get served. No, no. Like, I'm going to go to the church service to serve. Does that make sense? So anyway, so Mary is there. She receives a Savior, and she receives a son. It's amazing. Then you have Mary Magdalene, you know, this woman who had struggled so much in her own life. You know, there's talk that she had been a prostitute and all these things. Now, the Bible doesn't necessarily say that. It just says that she was filled with sin. This woman washed Jesus' feet with her own hair. Remember that woman? Yeah? She's in love with Jesus. She loves Jesus Christ. Listen to this. It is her love that keeps her at the feet of the cross, not her convenience. It is not what I want from you, Jesus. Because at that point, Jesus had already poured everything on her. 
And so this woman is there at the feet of the cross just because she loves Jesus. Let me ask you this. Why do you go where you go? Why do you do what you do? This morning I met with a couple and I asked them, why do you guys want to be together? What's the point of your relationship? What's the point of your relationships? What's the point of you coming to church? Why should you be here? Why should you go to your cell group? Why should you be discipled? Why are you going to go and get trained? To do what? What's the point? The why before the how. If you try to chase the how, you're going to fall. If you understand why you do what you do, then it makes sense. See, these ladies weren't there because they were curious. Mary Magdalene was there because she loved most. Why? Because she was forgiven most. Why do I serve God? Why should you serve God? Why should you be at the feet of the cross? Because he loved you first. Because he forgave you for all your sins. If you're not yet forgiven, if you haven't been forgiven for your sins, then I understand why you follow from afar. Sometimes you follow from afar because of guilt and shame. Because you feel that you're still the Mary Magdalene before that beautiful moment of forgiveness. Mary Magdalene didn't follow Jesus so she could be forgiven. She followed Jesus because she was forgiven. Today, I could tell you this. God loves you so much. He loves you and he knows you. Isn't that crazy? Some of us say, no, I don't want people to know me that much. Because if they know me, then they won't like me that much. I remember we had a friend. And uh, he was really good looking. Like he was the guy that looked like an Abercrombie and Fitch model. Is that brand still around? Yeah, anyway, so he looked like that guy in the bags without shirts. You know, the guy without a shirt. And uh, he was just really good looking. And uh, Mikey, Mikey, is Mikey here? Oh, I'm so good. Okay, Mikey and I, we were roommates, and we used to play football with this guy. And we used to play, but we, we didn't play football with him. We, he was part of our team. And so uh, anyway, he would, because of his looks, all the girls would come to our dorm. But then he would speak, and he would mess everything up. We're like, bro, just keep your mouth shut, man. And so he was like, no game and minus game. It was almost like, just, just don't talk. You know, that kind of thing where like, he'd come out of the bathroom. Oh, who just went in the bathroom? And it was one of the girls that just came. It's like, oh, bro, really, dude? Like, you really had to go and just do that. So never do that, guys. I did it once or twice. Never do it. Never do it. But anyway, so this guy was like amazing. And, but then he would speak, and it's almost like people didn't want to have a relationship with him. And it was so crazy because I used to think, listen, and I don't know if it ever happened to you, but God actually knows you, and he likes you. He doesn't have to love you. He loves you. And then he actually likes you. No, he, do he loves you, and he wants to be with you. In spite of you, he still wants relationship with you. In spite of what you're thinking right now, oh my gosh, when is this going to end? He's like, I, yeah, I love you, man. I just, what can I do? I'm trying here. Does that make sense? Like the Lord is actually loving you while you were yet sinners. The Bible says that Christ died for you while you were yet sinners. Meaning, he was going to the cross knowing that you were going to sin. So while you were sinning, it's like saying, I'm forgiving you as you're slapping me. So Christ loves you and likes you. Can you see why Mary Magdalene is at the feet of the cross and she's just like, where else could I be? Where, what other place is more important than being at the feet of the cross? Nowhere else. I don't know what all the other ten disciples were doing, by the way. One of them hung himself. I know that's Judas. Peter, I know where he's at. He's falling from afar. All the other ten dudes, one of them actually John, he was right at the feet of the cross. We're going to talk about the end. But then, what are the other nine? Have you guys wondered ever, where were the other nine? Like, what do you do at that moment? 
I wonder sometimes what some people that follow Christ hard at some point in their lives, and then what do they do during church time? I'm just asking you guys. I don't have that problem. But do you ever, whenever you backslide, I'm not talking to you backsliders, but the people that ever backslid and came back to the feet of the cross. I'm just saying, what do you do? What do you feel? When you know you should be chasing Christ and you're chasing a guy or you're chasing a girl, what is there greater to do than follow Christ? And by the way, I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about your relationship with God. You know, you know when you're not chasing hard. You know it because there's an outcome to it. So let me, let me kind of bring this just all together. There's another woman I want to talk about, and her name is Salome, right? This woman had two kids. They were the sons of thunder. And this woman was crazy. Why do I say she was crazy? Because she was bold. She was one of those moms that she's just like, Mom, stop. Well, he was, she was that. Why do I say that? Because she was around Jesus all the time, right? She was also a disciple of Christ. How do I know that? Because she was there to ask. She was there all the time. She saw what the other guys were like. She saw what the other 12 were like. Listen to this. Jesus is walking. Her kids are right there. And he's like, hey, Jesus, can I ask you a question? And she doesn't ask it in private. She asks it in public and loud to make sure all the other 10 kids listen to what their parents are not doing for them. Right? So it's like, hey, can I ask you for a favor, Jesus? It's like, yeah. Can my two children come here? Hey, Ben. Hey. Come here. You too. Come here. These beautiful, good-looking kids. See them? Can they stand one to your right and one to your left? And all the other ten are like, we're going to get this, guys. The Bible actually says that they were angry at the two. That they were mad. Have you, has your mom ever put you in a weird position? Like, like, mom, no, stop. No, stop. Right? Well, Jesus is looking at her. And listen to this, okay? What did Jesus tell this woman? Yeah, of course. Glad you asked. What did he tell her? Anybody remember? Are you, you, don't, you have no clue what Jesus said. I'm just kidding. No, you have no clue what you're asking. Are you, can you drink the cup that I'm drinking? Meaning, can you endure the pain that I'm going Can you actually, can your kids go through what I'm going through? She didn't understand anything. She would say, yeah, yeah, can, well, so can he or no? Right? Can they or not? Right? Jesus pretty much said, this, this girl's not getting it. She's my disciple, and I love her anyway. Let's keep walking. Let's, go, let's go, go heal some people. But then, now this woman's at the feet of the cross. This is the revelation. Listen. One already got salvation, a savior, and family. Does that make sense? This woman now is about to receive something so incredible. She sees, and I could just, I know she remembered what Jesus said. Drink the cup. Wait a minute. That's the cup. He is doing something for my children, for my generations, something that they couldn't do for themselves. He's dying so that my children can make it to heaven. This God is sacrificing himself, doing what we could never do to give us access into a place we could never get into. Have you ever had a friend? That knows people, that gets you to places that you couldn't get to on your own. Listen, when we're at the, at the convention, in January convention, there's a lot of people, like 100,000, I don't know, a lot of people. Let's just say 15,000 people. And then uh, I'm always on backstage because I'm a translator. So I got this little backstage pass. Alex Dominguez, where are you? Where are you at, dude? Right He's always trying to jack my backstage pass, man. He's like, hey, pastor, hey, can I wear your backstage pass? 
was like, why? Because I want to talk to that person. I was like, okay, yeah, sure, take it. You know? And uh, listen, listen, I love that because he wants to get close and he wants to be there. And actually, I love the fact, it's not just you, by the way. Everyone wants a vaccination pass. I should sell it next year. Anyway, so, but it's pretty cool because sometimes, listen, sometimes, just because you're coming with a backstage pass person, you can get in. Right? Have you guys ever gotten in somewhere that unless you were with that person, you could never get in? Put it like this. If I was just say, hey, man, I'm going to go to the White House today. I'm just going to say what's up to Trump. What up, Trump? Right? And if I just show up, I'm going to get tackled and beat up. Is it true or not? Depends how you do it. No, I'm going to get tackled and beat up. If I just try to rush into the White House for no apparent reason other than to say what's up to Trump, I will get tackled and beat up. Yes or no? Yes or no? It's true. Okay. But what if I'm with Ivanka? 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 Ivanka Trump? Ivanka or Ivanka? Ivanka. With E-money. All right. So what about, what's up, Ivanka? What's up? And she's like, hey, you want to come to the house? Yeah, let's go to the house. What are you doing today? I don't know. I was going to do cell group. I'll bring the whole cell group. So we go do cell group at the White House. And we're about to get in and say, excuse me, sir. And she's like, oh, no, no. They're with me. Come on. You just got access, baby. Like you just got in. To the White House, we go by the Oval Office. Hey, Dad, how are you? Hey, you know, and and we just say, Hey, these are my friends. We're about to do cell group over there in the the square office, you know, and we just all wave in. Why? Because we just got access through a child of the president. When Jesus was dying, this lady was looking, and she's like, My children are not as good as they I thought they were. They never. Ever. As much as I love my two boys, they're still the sons of thunder. They were the sons of thunder for a reason. You children of thunder. <laughs> you know, they were not as amazing as she thought they were. He was enough to grant her generation eternity. Mary received a savior, a family. And this lady just received access for her generations into the kingdom of God. You know, she wouldn't have received that revelation from afar. She would not have seen it. She wouldn't be able to be there. She might have heard of it. But to see that, I don't think so. You know, one thing I've gotten at the feet of the cross is my family will serve the Lord. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what I cannot do from far? I cannot tell my children, you're going to serve God. We're well, here not serving God. I can never tell my wife, hey, amor, let's pray for our disciples. What disciples? <laughs> you're not even a disciple yourself. You're trying to tell me, pray for disciples. You live like hell. Does that make sense? Some things I can't do from afar. I could never raise a generation for the Lord from far away. You know what Good Friday is? It's so good. It gives me today the understanding, the opportunity to tell God, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you because you gave me salvation. Thank you because you gave me a family. Did you know you're in a family today? Home of Christians, you guys came today. Welcome home. Hello, Home of Christians. Can you guys give them a round of applause? We're part of one family, a beautiful family, a family of God. 
I don't know if you, whether you come from China, whether you come from Europe, or you come from Jamaica, man. You know, whether you come from, you know, from south of the border, way south of the border, further south of the border, or you come from Canada. You know, it doesn't matter where you, Canada. It doesn't matter where you come from, eh? Right? It doesn't matter where you come from. It matters who you are, who you belong to. We have a family in Christ. These things you get from being close. Never, ever, never, ever, please listen, never, never follow Jesus from afar. Peter had the worst Friday of his life. He looked and instead of saying, I'm here, I'll die with my Christ. Listen to this. He had an opportunity that many people will never have. And that is to repent. I'd like to offer that opportunity to you. And I'd like to take it myself. That Peter, that day, he heard, ar, 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 three times. Ar, ar, ar. One more time. Ar, ar, ar. And he remembered. He ate his own words and he said, God, I'm following you from afar. I thought I was going to stick by your side. But look at me where I'm standing. With my mouth shut, not confessing you as Lord. Cursing. Did you hear what I just said? He literally started cursing. Because out of the abundance of the heart, so your mouth speaks. This man was denying Christ with lips, with actions, with attitudes. Peter had gone back to being not a fisher of man, just a fisherman. What if I said to you right here, right now, the cross is available for you right now. Would you choose to be a Judas or a Peter? Judas also was far away, but he ended it right there. Peter said, I'll take my second chance. And God restored him. And God had an incredible, beautiful, majestic plan for his life. Half of Mexico is named Pedro because of that dude's restoration. Does that make sense? Listen, how many Judas is there in Mexico? You know some people name their dogs Judas in Mexico? It's true. It's a, it's a sad thing, by the way. I would never do it. But you know what the name Judas actually means? Do you know what it means? The worshiper of the Lord. The one who praises God. There was another Judas in the team, and I feel bad for that guy because he gets thrown into the batch. Ah, you're Judas. No, no, that, I'm the other Judas. The good Judas. Iscariot? No. Yes. No. Wait. I'm the good Judas. Do you know what I'm saying? The salad. Yeah, that guy. Okay, good. Uh, why am I telling you this? Because today, right now, you have this great opportunity to say, God, I'm sorry if I've been following you from afar. I want to be close to you. I want to chase you hard. I want to be near your heart. God, forgive me if I've been a punk in my Christian life. Forgive me if I've gone after convenience. You know, if, if, if pressure, social pressure was too much and I decided not to speak of your name when I should have. I did not confess you as Lord and Savior only behind closed doors. Forgive me, God, if my own social status was at risk so I decided to keep silent. Forgive me, God, if I didn't sacrifice. Forgive me, God, if I decided preservation over relationship. Forgive me, Lord. Close your eyes with me for a second, please. We're going to stand up as a matter of fact. And I don't, I just, just lost track of time. I don't have a clock in front of me. So I'm assuming I'm early. I'm probably not. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. 
the pizza's already in the social hall with sodas. I just got a text message. It's amazing. But we're very good. before we get to all that stuff, why are we going to have all these things? Why are we here today? Why are we going to worship tonight, those of you that decide to stay? Because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. Not because you're good, you have time, because you feel good, because you know what, hey, you know, today I feel connected to the Lord, so I'm just going to worship him. No, it had nothing to do with that. It's because he's worthy. Why are you here? Because he's worthy. Do you drink? Do you smoke? It doesn't matter. I want to please him. I don't want to be right or wrong. He's worthy of me pleasing him. The way you treat other people, does it please the Lord? Because he's worthy of that kind of advertisement from your life. Am I making sense? Let me pray for you guys right now. Let me just pray that God would eradicate, completely destroy any mindset that stands against God. Does that make sense? Close your eyes for a second. Let's pray. If you followed Christ from afar, or maybe you haven't followed him at all, if you're here tonight for the first time, or maybe you walked away from God and you want to come back to his feet, this is an amazing night to do it. It's Good Friday. It could be Good Friday for you. Not Denial Friday. Salvation Friday. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. What I think would have been the prayer Jesus prayed with. What do you just tell him? Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for walking away from you. For walking from afar. I ask you now to forgive me. If I have denied you with attitudes, words, or actions. Forgive me, God. Forgive me, God. I don't want to end like Judas. I want to be like Peter. Use my life, God. Use me, Lord. You're worthy of my service. I love you, Jesus. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for going to the cross. I'm paying the price for my sin. Dear God, I thank you. I know you resurrected so that I could also resurrect and have eternal life. Let me pray for you guys. Dear God, I pray right now for this church. I pray for home of Christians. I pray for every person in this room. Papa, I thank you because I know. Please, please bring conviction of sin. That sin is not just an active thing, but it's also passive. That sin could also be the things we don't do. Lord, please bring conviction of those men that are passive in their walk with you, Jesus. Of those women that assume that just because they went to church or Sunday, on Sunday or because they gave their lives to Christ when they were 12, that their relationship with you honors you. Dear God, please help us. Help us, God, to not chase convenience, chase you. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you make this ministry here, this place, people here, God, people that are willing to risk their lives, if need be, to be at the feet of the cross. Dear God, make us risk takers. Make us bold in our faith. God, I pray right now for a new spirit in this church. A kind of spirit, God, that tells sin a big no because Jesus is worthy of every single sacrifice. Dear God, I pray right now, if somebody has been struggling with time management or saying, God, I feel tired of doing things for you, Lord, may their mouth today 
be confronted with what you've done for them. Jesus, you died at the cross. We could never drink the cup that you drank. The least we can do is be there for you. Dear God, count on us. Count on us. Why don't you begin to tell the Lord in your own words that you want to be there with Him to help you, to give you strength in the mornings and at nights. To help you to never deny Him, no matter who, whether it's a politician or a friend. Come on, just begin to tell God to give you the strength to follow up close. That you would have the boldness to even risk your life if you have to, to be near Him. Dear God, I pray right now that you listen to their hearts and their words. I cannot say amen yet. I believe there's one more person here, someone else that walked away from God and you feel condemned and you feel like years need to go by before God can forgive you. Let me tell you one thing. Jesus came back for Peter. He called the 12 and he said, make sure you bring Peter. I want him back. And when Peter sees Jesus, Jesus was already cooking a meal for him. He had already prepared a table. He prepared a breakfast for Peter. You know what this tells me? I don't cook for people I don't like. I don't invite people to my house that I don't trust. The Lord says, I want you back. I want you here and I want you now. Dear God, I pray right now that you bless this people. If anybody walked away from you, that today would be a good Friday. The great Friday, Lord, where they come back to your feet and receive the benefits of the cross. All of them. Jesus, we love you. We cannot wait to praise you with our full hearts. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Give God a round of applause. God bless you guys.